Hey everyone, I'm your host Angelica and welcome to the Bring Back Femininity Podcast where we educate and empower women how to tap into their secret superpowers and get everything they want out of life. Thank you for listening. Hello everyone, welcome to the Bring Back Femininity Podcast. Happy Monday. I'm here with Mike Chulo. Hello. Hey. (laughs) Oh, it's the awkward part. (laughs) Okay, well, happy Monday, everyone. We are recording this on Monday. I guess we were just, we had a long day yesterday. We're just like, you know what? We're just going to do this on Monday and post it on Monday. Gotten those comfies. Yeah, and just, we we went to church. We went out for dinner. We went out for lunch. Mm -hmm. So we had a whole group that we brought to church. That was nice. Yeah, you're you're recruiting them. (laughs) No. We see people that are listening to the podcast at church too. Love that too. Yeah, right? People come up to me. I love it. It's so, it's such a great feeling. So thank you, all of you. And welcome to any new listeners, right? I never say that, but like, hello, welcome. Yeah, happy to have you here. (laughs) Um, all the feminine things and all the masculine things. There you go. So today we are going to be talking about something that probably not a lot of people know. I know that we didn't know when we got into our whole, oh, not wearing the ring. Oh, that's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, she's single, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not go there. (laughs) Okay, so we are going to be talking about the natural stages that I feel like every couple goes through or majority of couples go through in their relationship. Mike and I did not know anything about these stages of a relationship. And um, once we educated ourselves, I feel like it made things a lot easier. I feel like when you get into a relationship, you know, you don't know. I don't know. You have this kind of like feeling of everything's going to be amazing. Everything's going to be so great. We get, we're not going to fight. Like if we're meant to be together. Everything should just run smoothly and absolutely not. That's not the case at all. So once we educate ourselves on certain topics, we make it, you know, it's like people, everybody goes through the kind of like the same thing, which really helped us. Yeah. The honeymoon stage. The honeymoon stage. Well, a little bit of background as to how I even started educating myself on these stages of relationships and how it really helped us is that Mike and I, and I will, we we will be talking about, what are you doing? Just moving your mic a little. There you go. Okay. Just sounded kind of weird. So we're going to be talking about the stages and then we're also going to be talking about our relationship and how we went through the stages. So we didn't make up these stages. You can go on Google. You can research the natural stages of relationship. They'll show you a bunch of therapists, psycho- psychologists, all that stuff that talk about this. But a little bit of background as to how we found out is that Mike and I, we kind of did our relationship in reverse. We kind of just like went on a trip. We went on a couple of dates, but then we went to on like a full-blown two-month vacation And we lived in an Airbnbs together. We lived in hotels together. So, you know, living with someone in like a a, a small space, sometimes sharing one bathroom, it's like, okay, like we did a great job. Like we vibed, we clicked, we understood each other. So then we're just like, okay, next stage, you know, let's move in together. So we moved in together and, you know, I'm from Toronto and he was living in Miami, but 
we got a new place and I sold my car in Toronto. I left my job. I left my friends. I left my family because I'm just like, yeah, like this is it. This is happening. And then once we started living together, you know, shit went down. Like we started fighting all the time. We started going through like our power struggles. We were bickering. And at that point I was a little confused and I was scared and I was just like, wow, like maybe this is not the one, you know? And I know that he felt the same way because we would just go to sleep, you know, with anxiety and wake up with anxiety. And it's just like, wow, like, is this my person? Like we're fighting so much, like maybe this is not it, you know? But then I took it amongst Google search and I'm just like, why are me and my boyfriend fighting so much? And I started doing all this research and that's how I came across the four stages of relationships. And I went to Mike and I'm like, Mike, I found out, like I figured it all out. He's like, what? And I was just like, we're on stage two of our relationship. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, we're in the disagreement era. You know, we're in the disagreement phase where we just like fight and we're just like disagreeing and whatever, whatever. I'm like, we have to make it to stage three. And we're going to talk more about this later, but once Mike and I knew, like, we're like, oh, like a lot of couples go through this. Like, this is normal. Mike and I were just like, okay, like we feel much better about this. And then we started reading books and then we started educating ourselves. We started talking more about it and now we're here. So now we want to educate you guys on the main stages and the natural stages that relationship go goes through, because I think it's just super, super important once you get into a new relationship or you're in a relationship to know what stage you are in. So let's get into it. I'm also going to be referencing a blog on shape.com and this is written by Rachel Wright. Um, This is called the natural stages of a relationship according to a therapist. So I'm going to be going back and forth from like what we read in the past in the books. And I'm also going to be referencing her because I think this is like one of the articles I read that really helped. So stage number one is the honeymoon stage. And a lot of these um, articles, they'll see that they give you time frames. Um, I got, I want you guys to know that everybody is different and everybody goes through different situations and circumstances. So don't look at the time frame when you're looking at these articles because everybody's different. Mike and I's time frame was completely different to what they are saying on this. So just note that we're all different. So the honeymoon stage. Do you want to talk about the honeymoon stage? Yeah, I mean, it's the best stage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> everything is perfect. You know, you're, God, everything is like exciting. You're like adrenaline is going. Your serotonin is going crazy. Right? You're, you're like, this is my person. Like oh nothing my God, they I can do. Found yeah. them. They're amazing. They're perfect. I'm never going to fight with them. We're going to work everything out. And, you know, because... There are toxic relationships that you can get into, right? And then there are healthy ones. And when you get into a healthy one, right off the bat, that you just, you're you're clicking on every level. Mm -hmm. You know, every, like conversation's easy. Just, you have all the same things in common. You know, you love doing different things together. It's like your best little buddy, your best friend. And it's so exciting that and you're so focused on the fact and you're so like attracted to that person too physically mm-hmm. 
And then you compare it to these other relationships where there was always that one thing missing, right? Like maybe they had a great personality, but looks wise, you weren't really like thrilled. Or maybe the looks were great, but then there was something missing with the the uh, personality. Or maybe the personality and looks were great, but they had a horrible sense of humor. So it's like there's, when you meet somebody that has all those things, you know, you're just like, wow, this person's perfect. Well, it, well, in the honeymoon phase, it's easy to be, to kind of like not notice the red flags or you think they're red flags and you're like, no, it's okay because you're so serotonin, your adrenaline, you're like, your neurotransmitters are so high. And I, and I wouldn't even say red flags per se, because there are just things that people do in general that just, you know, irritate you or piss you off. It's like, like like we all have best friends, right? Or we have friends that we've known forever. And more than likely, if you've been friends with somebody for a really long time, you've eventually gotten in a fight with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're around somebody enough, you're going to argue. You're going to disagree on something if you're being real. But in the honeymoon phase. Right, but in the honeymoon phase, like nobody can say anything that even makes you feel like irritable at all. Love is blind. Right. Love it's, is blind. But, so I'm not saying like, you know, you're, yeah, there are the the honeymoon stage where you're like looking past red flags where the person might be, you know, a bad person. But there are also the honeymoon stage where you're with the right person, but you're just not paying attention to those little things yet that are yeah. going to bug you. Yeah. Because I promise you they're there. And I love it. I love knowing where we went from, because we were total honeymoon phase. Like, let's travel around the world. Let's, you know, you're you're amazing. Like, we had just, everything was just hitting on every level. Like, everything was so perfect. Like a fairy tale. I'm going to take photos of you. I'll take a million photos of you. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, you want another hundred photos? No problem. I would love to take another hundred photos of you. And then it's funny now, because we see... Uh, a friend of ours that's going through a new relationship and he's like, oh, we're never going to fight. Like, this is the one, this, this, and that. And we're like, yeah, bro, like, get each awesome. other. We're yeah. going to work things out. <laughs> we're not going to accuse each other of this right. and that. And we're just like, okay. Yeah, I look at them. I look at him like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. in in yes, but that's not going to happen because after the first, you know, I'm sure you can talk about the timelines, but after a certain period of time, it, there is a chemical reaction that goes on. I'm sure you can talk more to that, but. Well, the thing is, is that when you are in the honeymoon phase, your brain chemistry is completely different because again, it's dropping the serotonin, it's dropping your adrenaline, it's dropping the dopamine. So your brain chemistry is at an all time high, yeah. you know, you're swept away. You're like, you're telling all your friends, I found the one, this is my person. You guys have great sex. Like your you heart, know, your heart skips a beat when you see him text you. Yes. And you're just like, wow, I think I found the person and shape.com. I really like what she says because she goes, here's the funny thing about the honeymoon phase. There's actually science behind it. During this relationship stage, dopamine, serotonin, and adrenaline increases, producing that um, that feeling of attraction. Dopamine is the feel-good neurotransmitter. Serotonin brings you happiness and joy. And adrenaline gives you that energized, euphoric feeling. So the combination of all, all three neuro neurotransmitters can cause you to be blind to certain things, such as any faults the person has. And there's really nothing wrong with that. As long as you are being aware and it is safe as possible. After some time passes, again, like we said before, this varies based on lots of factors. These hormones and neurotransmitters 
you know, they, they decrease and the high wears off and that leads to stage number two. So before we get into stage number two, Mike and I, we traveled, like we were on it. Like we were great. We lived, we basically lived together. Well, we dated for two weeks and then we moved in with each other by traveling. But what was literally our dates were, we went on a couple of dates one-on-one and then the rest was in a group setting and we were obviously talking over the phone, but Mike and I, we did things like in reverse. I feel like usually people, you know, they meet each other, they get to know each other, you know, like they date st- once a week, yeah. date twice a week, they three times a week. And gradually you get to the point where you're now seeing this person all the time. And now they halfway live at your place, but they still have yeah. their own place that they can escape to. Yeah. And that goes on for a while until the grand decision is made, you know, after dating for a while, like, okay, now I'm moving in. We were like, hey, let's date, get to know each other, talk over the phone, and then let's go straight to to moving in together. together, But not just like a normal place. Let's just have one bathroom and one bed and nowhere else to go because it's a hotel room or it's an Airbnb. Oh, and we're not going to be around any other family or friends. We're going to be in a completely separate continent where the only person you can hang out with is me. Yeah, well, it's also like when you're traveling, it's, you know, it's a make it or break it moment. You see how the person is, how clean they are, like, you know, how their hygiene is. Like, do they like to explore? Are they lazy? Like, are they okay with like having alone time? Like your space, my space, like, can they handle themselves? Like there's a lot of things that go into living together, especially at a hotel. So Mike and I, like I said, we kind of, we did things in reverse and then, you know, it was like reverse engineering our relationship relationship but i well, feel- well we we jumped because of the honeymoon stage we jumped right in both feet yeah. into the deep end let's go for it That's you're my person this is gonna be to great let's see what happens and and it was great it was it really was awesome but like i look back on those times and i just with like it brings a huge smile to my face because those are just some of the most amazing times like it's so innocent at that point in time, because you don't really know the other person, you don't know that the, their 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 faults, right? Yeah, all you see new. is just yeah, perfection, and and just you at that time, you know, just I have this view, and I still have that view of you in my heart, but just this such this cute girl, you know, such a sweet before the craziness. Before I found out she was so dark. <laughs> before the craziness, right? But yeah, I mean, it, it was just such a good time. It was such a good time. Right back at you. Yeah. <laughs> but now I love you even more. I love you even more too. Um, but yeah, it, uh, well, my advice is soak it all in. Soak up the honeymoon phase. Like, you know, have as much fun as possible. But again, when you educate yourself on these stages, you know, take note, like understand like, okay, I'm going to meet somebody. Everything's going to be great. You know, your boundaries start melting away. Like it's your responsibility. And like, obviously we're going to keep talking about more stages, but since you get educated, it's like your responsibility to like understand which stage you are in and be self-aware, you know, like when you're in the honeymoon phase and after knowing these stages, like understand when you meet somebody, it's like, okay, we're going to go through this amazing time. Now this time might last two months. It might last three months. It might last a year. Everybody's time frame is different. But it's your job to kind of like step back, maybe take off, you know, the put some glasses on, make sure you're not blind and ask, you know, the questions that you need to ask, set the boundaries and standards that you need to ask, because it's easy to get caught up in the honeymoon phase. Easy. We definitely did. For but sure. 
it turned out great. But <laughs> with a roller coaster in yeah. between. <laughs> yeah. But once the honeymoon phase is done, you guys go, you guys snap back into reality. So this is the phase where you guys see each other's faults. You know, every little thing they leave a sink in the in the kitchen, or I mean, they leave a sink. <laughs> I hope they leave, they a, leave sink. a dishwasher in there. They leave an oven in they there. They leave a dishwasher <laughs> in, the, in the office room. Yeah, like, like, it's just crazy. Yeah, exactly. They gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> they leave a dish in the sink. You're irritable. Like some things that they say annoy you. So basically this is where your high, your quote unquote high wears off and your brain chemistry changes because you know, you can only be at an all time high for so long and then you guys come crashing down. And this is where Mike and I fought a lot. This is where the bickering started. This is where our power struggle started because again, I was in my masculine era in my masculine phase because that's all I knew. And Mike, of course, it was in his masculine phase. So there was a constant power struggle. There was me being like, no, it's my, we are the highway. I know what I'm doing because I, I was living the, the single life before. You know, you get so independent you get in so in tune with yourself. You're like, no, my way works. Nobody else can say anything. So Mike and I started fighting a lot. And this is where stuff started to get scary and start and we were confused we're just like wait 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 like how is this happening and also keep in mind that mike had his list you know of all the qualities and all that stuff so that kept him that was also confusing to him and me i'm just like no like this is everything that i wanted with a guy what is going on right now what is happening and you know we were scared like i left i told my family hey i'm moving in Mike got us like this like beautiful place and we were just so confused and I sold my car in Toronto. Mike got me like a new car. Like we were like both feet in, like let's go into the deep end. And now we're like, oh shit. Like what yeah. if this is not my person? <laughs> Did we make a mistake? Yeah, literally like, I don't, I don't know if I want to be with this person. The bickering got bad. Yeah. It's like the, the doubt and denial phase, you know, we're just like, wow, like, I don't know what I did. I don't know if this is my person. We're fighting way too much. Like maybe like this is God's way of telling me. And this is when I started doing my research and thank well, we God. Were fighting, I, we were fighting every day. Over the stupidest things, guys. Like it was so dumb. I remember we, we fought, fought over, over a juice. <laughs> I was about to you say the about juice. To- <laughs> I was about to say the juice. We got in like a three hour fight and then <laughs> the stem of it was a juice. Because he drank a juice that I kept for myself in the fridge. And he's like, I'll buy you another one. I'm like, no, it's the principle that I kept in there. He's like, oh my God. And we went on for hours just about the dumbest thing. But for me, it was also because I was so power driven. It's like, how dare you drink my juice? I left it in there. But see, these are good things to be fighting about. We're not fighting about like, you know, really toxic things. We were fighting about just normal everyday things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But still those normal everyday things that you fight every single day it seems like wow like i don't want to be doing this for so long like i don't want to be fighting every single day like i'd rather be single than be doing this you know well you know something that also in addition to you doing your research was really helpful is my dad told me that the first six months of their relationship was perfect Mm -hmm. and he's like and then i remember six months in all of a sudden we would not stop fighting it was day after day after day because they also went through that period Mm -hmm. i feel like though like our our honeymoon phase lasted 
two or three months. I think, yeah, two months, three months. Two, three months, because again, like we After saw each other- After we started every, traveling. Yeah, because we saw so each other really, every single day. So really, if you think about day. it, leading up to traveling, it was probably three months, four months. I know, months. but we're going to start with uh, actually like spending, you know, like actually like every dating, you know? So we- spent every single day with each other, morning, night, breakfast, lunch, dinner. It was, we were together all the time. So our honeymoon phase was, you know, it was like sped Accelerated. up. Accelerated. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we, yeah, it was just, it wasn't normal. It was a great couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic couple of months. But you see when you snap back to reality and you guys start fighting a lot during this phase, however long it lasts. But again, if you educate yourself and you are, you know, you just met a guy and you guys are in the honeymoon phase and maybe you guys are entering the second stage. You are now educated to be like, wait, like we're in the second stage of our relationship. This is completely normal. Now, a lot of people, since they don't educate themselves on this stage, this is the make it or break it moment. This is where a lot of couples that I see break up. Yep. Even though they're so good together, even though they might have been amazing together in the future, they break up because they're like, no, we're fighting too much. Maybe we're incompatible. And that's the sad part because it's either you have the fight mode or the flight mode. And Mike and I, since we educated ourselves on this, on these stages, we were just like, no, we want to fight for it. I wanted to work on myself and Mike wanted to work on his self. And that was so strong because, you know, we were, we would even cheers, remember like cheers to face too, because this is the part where you really get to know somebody, all their traumas, all their insecurities, all their faults. Like you really, it's an exciting stage. If you actually want to be with that person, exciting, of course, but frustrating. it's very frustrating, but this is, this is the time where you're just like, no, 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 I, ex I want you, you know, like let's fight for it. And that's what we did, which was so beautiful. Even though this, we were kind of confused, educating ourselves helped it so much more. Educating ourselves through your Google researching and sharing articles, but us talking about it. Oh my God, yeah. Us talking about it to death. I mean, yeah. we would talk and talk and talk and talk this stuff through. I mean, sometimes for three, four hours straight, you know, mm -hmm. and that really was helpful because we got on the same page about a lot of this. And, and it was really nice to hear. I remember being in that moment and just being like, yeah, we were both like, yo, is this what, is this what I want? Like, is this really what, what it's going to be like? Mm -hmm. And I remember the thing that kept me was that list. Mm -hmm. When we referred to this in an earlier podcast, and if you didn't hear it, I talked about creating a list of everything you want in the other person and why that's so important is because when times do get tough, it's good to have that list to be like, Hey, the grass isn't greener on the other side. Like I can go back to being single, but I already have this list of everything I asked God for and I got everything on the list. So I need to go through this. I have to push myself to go through this because before dating you, when I would get to phase two with other people, that was always when I fled. Mm -hmm. Always. I never made it past phase two with anybody my entire life until meeting you because I didn't want to. That would be like, I would start justifying in my head. Well, okay, well that doesn't work for me anyway. So bye, you know, mm -hmm. or, or I could find something. But the hard part about you is like, I couldn't find anything. And I was like, damn, you know, I, 
what am I going to do? Work. Yeah, I got to make it work because this girl is everything. And if I if I want to have a family, if I want to actually get married one day, and if I want to have something, a life to share with somebody, I'm going to have to change. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I was willing to. Same. Same. It's like, wow, like I, I got to put in the work. Like, right. because you're going to, you are going to basically break up with this person. You're going to go to the next person. And guess what? You guys are going to get into a relationship with the next person. And this stage will happen again. Again. But it might not be with the person that you really wanted it, which was like your ex, because you couldn't make it work out because you didn't want to do the inner work. Well, isn't that a big wake up call? You go to the, you, you, you meet someone you think is your person. You break up with them and you date somebody else just to find out that it's exactly the same thing over again with just another person Mm -hmm. because you're always going to end up at phase two no matter what yeah but it's but there are certain there's there's, levels of severity to that right like there are certain people that you are going to be more compatible with than others but again i think that's why a list is so important and if this person was just vibing on every level with you in the beginning and you're super attracted to them you know you have to get through phase two. Yeah. And and it's that's why it's so important knowing these stages because but, you're gonna be like, Wow, like no, I wanna make this work and you're gonna talk about it with your partner and he's gonna wanna make it work and it's like, Okay, well let, what do we do to get to stage number three? How long does phase two last for, does it say? Stay, um back to reality. So the thing is like they say that the honeymoon stage can last to when it started up to a year. Okay. Okay, now again, everybody's time I could frame see that. is different. I could see that if you weren't hanging out every single day. Yeah. If you didn't jump right into it like sure. we did and you took the time for sure. And then it says back to reality phase is one to two years. Whoa. Yeah, but I feel like it's because one to two years is if you don't educate yourself because you right. can literally put this time for like, maybe a month or two. If you guys talk about it every single, if you guys talk about it all the time, you can literally from one to two years, it can be like one to two months, two to you three think, months. Yeah. I think it took us two to three, right? It took, it took us two to three months. And yeah. that, and that was talking about it every single day, educating ourselves, like really diving in and dissecting it. But you know, you also have to understand that I was still in my masculine phase. So the reason why I had a hard time with all of this is because I was in my masculine phase. So when we came to stage three, where it's basically like, you know, understanding each other's roles and the decision-making, you know, the decision-making is like, okay, I want to be with, you make the decision that you guys both want to be with each other. And then stage, stage three is, okay, what roles do you have and what roles do I have and what are our real expectations of each other? Mm -hmm. I had a hard time because I was in my masculine phase. So you and I would go through, we would go back and forth on a lot, but we would go back, back and forth when it was the snap back to reality phase because of my masculine energy. Yeah. And I can see that we We would kind of waver between stage two and stage three for a while because we would try to get these boundaries and these expectations set up because of the, position you were in we kept kind of going back to stage two because yeah Yeah. i could could see that we thought we were making progress and we kept saying oh my god we're past stage two (laughs) anytime we we would say that it would always be back and then we went back to stage we thought we were in stage three and we're just like oh my god it's great i get it you get it and then my power struggle with my masculine energy always led us back to stage two which was the fighting and the arguing the bickering and this was happening in europe 
remember? Oh, yeah. We so would how fight. long were we together at this point? Like five months, six months? Um, Yeah. Okay. February, March, April, May, June, July, and August. Seven months. Yeah, so months six and seven, we're still going back between phase three and phase two. Yeah. So we were, we were, and I was, this is because I wasn't educated on even like femininity or feminine energy. But each time it would get incrementally better. Like it would get 1% better. We'd we'd go through like a blowout fight Mm -hmm. and then we'd have, we'd talk for hours and hours and hours Mm -hmm. and then it would get like 1% better. Yeah. And then it would be this massive blowout fight, you know, so much drama a whole day ruined or a half a day ruined and then a half a percent better. Yeah. It when you started doing some serious research, that was when everything changed like yeah. crazy. When Mike gave me that wake up call in Europe, in Croatia, about femininity and feminine energy, that's when the real stage three started happening and I was totally okay with it. It wasn't stage three back to stage two. It was no, stage three, because I started doing a lot of self-work. I stepped into my femininity and feminine energy. And that's where you saw the huge difference. And that's when we were talking about roles and expectations and all that stuff. It's like, okay, well, I expect you and I X, Y, and Z, and you expect me to do X, Y, and Z. I was totally okay, you know? And we didn't cross over each other's boundaries i remember being in italy and you reading or or watching some sort of it wasn't it wasn't italy because femininity thing but when you were researching at that point so it was what happened in croatia what happened that we were in the cab and we were fighting we were just fighting on the way to the hotel i don't know i don't remember from the airport I don't remember I what, it what it was. I don't think it was that because you were talking to the Uber driver the whole time. <laughs> Which you I think we were doing something because we would fight. I don't know. We were just like fighting a lot. I remember we were like fighting over the randomest things and I would want to leave breakfast. But I remember just being in an Uber and you were just like fed up and you were just like, yo, like I, I can't do this anymore. You're not like breaking up with me, but you're like, I can't, you know, keep going back into this like whole toxic routine and you're just like i am the man you are the feminine woman and that's when i'm just like what is that and i we we talked about it in our previous podcast episode but then that's when i started doing the research interesting and we were we were fighting in thank you old me yeah literally but we we were fighting a lot and that was stage two and stage three so let's go to stage three so the stage three i guess i already explained it was you guys decide that you guys want one another, you guys are willing to work on the relationship, and then you go to the decision-making phase where then you go, you are in the decision-making phase, and then you guys start talking about each other's roles and expectations. What are some of the roles and expectations that we set for each other? Well, our huge one was I get to stay home and take care of the household and take care of you. And you are the, basically the provider and you are the leader, you know, you are the spiritual leader, emotional leader. And I had a hard time submitting to you because I wasn't in my feminine energy. I was in my masculine energy. 
And I had a hard time with you making decisions because I wanted to make the decisions. So that was like a huge role where it's like, hey, like. It's a big one. It, it, it's a huge one. It's, it's this, like, hey, I'm going to lay down my life basically and trust that you're going to take care of me. It's exactly. a huge decision, especially nowadays. <laughs> yes. Because there's a lot of really, you know. Bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's a hard decision to make. And as a guy, that's a hard decision to make as well. Because it's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to do it right yeah. and you want to be a good dude, that's a really big responsibility to be like, hey, like, I'm going to make all the decisions for you. I'm going to take care of you. It's like, well, I better go build another business. That's what I did. Yeah. Because Croatia is also where I started my newest company. Yeah. I company. Company. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also where I started it because, you know, I, when we had defined those roles. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh man, I really got to like sit down and I really got to, you know, I was already doing fine, but like now I want to do really well. But uh, yeah. And also in stage three, it's kind of just like you talk about each other's traumas. You guys really dissect one another. You guys talk about the weaknesses, your communication struggles, your needs, your fears. Like that's what you guys really get into because in the honeymoon phase, you guys get to know each other on like, I don't know, not like a deep or level because again love is blind and you guys are just having fun with each other and hanging out and all that stuff and then of course phase two happens where you guys are fighting and then the stage three happens where it's just like okay like since we both decided to be with together you know and now we're talking about roles it's like well this is what you need to know about me and this is what i need to know about you you know talk about routines talk about you know like really get and like really get deep into one another about your expectations on how you see this moving forward and see if you know your expectations align see where you guys can compromise who's cooking <laughs> who, who like who yeah. who's taking out the trash who, who's yes. like even basic chores around the house who's doing what like um who who's taking care of uh, random errands Who's uh, getting the car fixed? Who's taking care of uh, the dog? Like right, who, wh and then wh who's walking the dog in the morning? Who's walking the dog in the afternoon? Who's walking the dog at night? Like everything was a discussion because yeah. there was resentment. Remember when I wasn't holding my fair share with Enzo, mm -hmm. and you were feeling resentful, and then you had built such a close bond with him, and then I wanted to start taking him out more, and then you felt some sort of way about it. It's just like there was all this like we awkwardness and Enzo weird. Guys. We fought about everything, everything you could fight about. We fought about, and there were plenty of times in phase two where we both were like wondering, is this the right decision? Yeah, we had we had, you know, and then that's just to put things in perspective. That's how far it was getting like, well, I don't even know if I want to do this. I don't yeah. know if I want to be with this person because we would have that nasty of fights. And also we both fought very immaturely. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we would really yell, like yell at the top of our lungs, yell and, you know, call each other names, uh, names criticize each other, slam doors, just. It was, we were, it was so nasty in phase two and that texting, you know, nonstop, just, yeah, bad stuff. Yeah. But we, not, we but didn't, not we didn't ever, know any not, better. Not anything irreversibly said, yeah. like not hitting below the belt, mm -hmm. but still being really mean to each other. And so, yeah, it's just, dang, I'm so happy we're past that. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, thank God. But, but yeah, the but the setting the roles is super important because setting the roles and expectations of each other is what helps you avoid going back to phase two because it's usually a dis disagreement of roles or responsibilities that's going to cause you to go back to 
mm-hmm. or expectations, that's going to cause you to go back to phase two. Yeah. But if you work it out in phase three and you have a really good, clear structure for it, you guys agree on it. The more things that you guys agree on and you you come up with structures for, the less likely there is to be arguments. Yes, and disagreements. And that's not to say like the things that you come up with in phase three, you know, you don't change over time in the future. Like as long as you communicate certain things. It's an ever-changing thing. Yeah, you guys are always growing. But this is also an exciting part, you know, when you realize, okay, I, I don't want to, you know, start new with somebody else. I want to be with this person. So after the decision-making phase is the settling down and the wholeheartedly phase love, you know, where it's just like you guys want to stay together you guys know each other's communication style, fears, weaknesses. You guys both decided you want to be together. And now it's part of like, okay, I accept you for who you are and you expect, and you accept me for who I am. And yeah, that's when things start to become much easier. It's that phase where it's like, okay, I, I'm in this, you're in this. Now we're now we're like even stronger. Now we're just like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I want to be with you and you want to be with me. And things just get much easier. Your disagreements, your arguments, they get much easier in this phase. Your roles, your expectations, it gets much easier in this phase. Yes, yes. Uh, and you also learning more about how men think mm-hmm. was huge as far as I just found my life naturally getting a lot easier. You started telling all your friends that you're just like, yo, I'm telling you guys 100% if you are with a man and you step into your feminine energy and you really understand men, men are simple. Men are very, very simple. They have these fundamental needs, but it's like the needs that keep them alive, thriving, and they need these needs. Now, if you give a man these needs that they need, they will give you and they will move mountains for you. And we think men are so complicated is because we don't understand them, but they're actually very easy to understand. And they're so simple compared to a woman. We have hormones, we have cycles, we have, you know, we think with our emotions and all that stuff. We are a little bit more complicated. You know, it's harder for a man to understand a woman than it is for a woman to understand a man, not saying it's not impossible. There's obviously books that Mike reads that makes it much easier to kind of dissect what cycle I'm in, you know, how I'm feeling, my hormones and all of that. But understanding Mike and how his brain works and his patterns and understand that he's like, you know, centered focus, he's single focus, like it helped me so much and it helped our relationship so much and me stepping out of my masculine energy into my feminine energy I took the weight like off my shoulders because I was able to relax like things that bothered me or things that I think thought I needed to control decisions I thought I needed to make I didn't need to anymore because Mike got it you know like I feel like I'm like the heart of this relationship and Mike is like the brains of this relationship, you know, even though like, obviously we still, I still have the. You're extremely smart. Yeah. I like it's even though there's still, because I still have a big heart Yes, and you still have a big brain. And I ask you about stuff about the business all the time and run things by you because I I like hearing your opinion and Mm -hmm. I know you run stuff by me that's emotional and like get my feedback. So it's not like, it's just that one of us is better at it than the other, even if it's just slightly, 
Yes. It's like, yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's what that compliments us like the best. You know, yeah. sometimes when Mike is thinking way too logical and even though it's an emotional situation, I'll bring him back to his emotions, you know, like, you know, and that's like the yin and the yang with like both of us. It's like, you know, the masculine has his own strength and weaknesses and a woman has her own strength and weaknesses. And when you bring them together, they're so much stronger because they, over, they, comp they like, what is it? Is they, they, they complement each other. They complement each other, Yeah, which is so important. So that was like a huge thing for us. So the settling down phase, it's like they, there won't be a lot of surprises. You know, you guys know about each other. And then our stage, I we made up a fifth stage and our fifth stage was finding God. Oh yeah, that's a that, great one. That was our nice. fifth stage. If you guys obviously are not a couple that, you know, go to church or found God or, you know, all that, that was that's our fifth one. stage. And that was like, the bow on the present like that was the cherry on top because i think at a certain point after these phases are done i was reading in a article it's talking about like these um, phases are not like linear it's not like you go through each stage and then you live happily ever after and you guys never kind of like go back to each stage it's like you guys always you know go back to either stage one stage two and then you guys work on it and make it back out but finding god was the number one answer of how to keep this cycle from not repeating as often yeah you know it's everybody goes through seasons and that's totally normal but finding god in our relationship made those seasons so much easier to go through it's just like a deeper type of love and understanding and phase five for us alongside with like femininity and masculinity, like that was like what we needed. Like that was literally exactly what we needed to have a thriving relationship and soon to be marriage. And it was just like, it was so important to us. And I, I don't think Mike and I can like stress it enough how much it changed our lives because it just, it makes everything, it makes the arguments, it makes the disagreements, it makes going through situations and my it makes my stresses and my stresses like it's just like a it's a different type of feeling and you know I, I don't even know how to describe it you know well it's hard to describe yeah it, it's so hard to describe but like once you get into it and this is why I strongly recommend to watch Vu Church you know and listen to Rich Wilkerson and Don Cherie because I know a lot of my viewers, they started listening to Voo Church and they messaged me and they're just like, like I'm crying. Like, thank you so much for showing me this church. I've been listening to the podcast. I've been tuning in online. Like my life has absolutely changed and they're super cool. Like Mike and I, we go to church every Sunday and we absolutely like love it. It's not like the church that you guys are thinking about. This is like a super like rock and roll church rich when he talks he just hits your soul you know you got you like we just i sometimes cry of like the things that he says and he's so like he preaches so amazing he talks to you like a friend you know you know the friends that i took to church they're just like wow like i, I didn't even expect the pastor to be like that you know because they probably think something's different well so does don tree i mean yeah last on sunday it was chills the entire time yeah so i strongly recommend you know 
if you're going through phase five and you want to find God after you reached all these different stages, you know, finding God can be at whatever stage. It doesn't have to be stage five. Well, yeah, be, you could find it at any time. It would yeah. just make the whole process so much easier. Mm-hmm. If, but the thing is, what they say is that you guys have to be equally yoked in faith. Mm. So that was like a part of a sermon that Rich talked about where it's like picking your partner, him and Don Cherie. Yeah. It's like picking the right partner. And then number one was you guys have to be equally yoked in faith, you know, like not one person can be too spiritual and too, you know, and like going to church and doing all of that too into the faith. And then one person, absolutely not. It's like, you guys have to go through the journey together or introduce that person and then go together and make it as one, not like one's doing one thing and the other one's doing another thing. So yeah. Well, it worked out so great for us because when we were in our relationship, we got to figure out all these things <clears throat> from kind of a, a an intellectual point of view, not a spiritual point of view. Mm-hmm. So as we were going through all these various phases, whether it's the honeymoon phase or it's, you know, phase two and all the fighting and then phase three of defining roles and responsibilities in phase four, you know, accepting those and kind of <clears throat> continuing in love and, and, and knowing each other for who you truly are and kind of continuing life. What was so cool is like we, analytically or intellectually figured out the relationship process. And I would say like looking back, we got our relationship to like a seven out of 10. At the time though, I thought it was like a nine or a 10 out of 10. But then when you introduce God into the equation, after you've done all the research, after you've read all the books, after you've kind of figured, you know, read all the articles and figured out how to have a really good relationship, then you introduce God into the mix and you're like, you look back and you're like, whoa, my relationship was like a seven out of 10, maybe a six out of 10 mm-hmm. compared to what it is now, because now it's on such a deeper level. And all those phases are so much easier. Mm-hmm. They're so much easier to practice and, and, and to actually carry out in your lifestyle. Because it's one thing to be like, okay, well, I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to be more patient with you. I promise I'm going to you know, be this or that with you. It's another thing to where now you have to actually be that, but it's so much easier when God's in the mix because it's just like you just naturally are. Yeah. You just naturally are without even having to try. Yeah. And it's just this supernatural thing that occurs when you read the Bible, when you go to church, when you when you pray, all of a sudden God just does this thing to your heart where all of a sudden now you're just a nicer person. You're just, you're just more passionate. You're more loving. You're more forgiving. You're more just everything you're you're stronger and and so that's what a beautiful thing is to look back on our relationship that we got through all these phases we tried to intellectually figure it out and we did and we would have lasted i think we would have been fine but 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 even with that you're still like you can read all the books in the world and in a relationship without faith we probably eventually still would have failed even after reading all the books reading all the articles we're doing all the work on ourselves but then add god in the mix and it's like yo this thing this. feels stronger than ever i know I got this is you. like now because when we fight it's like i don't want to hurt your heart because you're a child of god yeah you know and and i look at you as being with you for eternity so it's like i don't okay i can fight with you but seems kind of illogical because i'm not going anywhere and you're not going anywhere so I've made this commitment. I want to be with you for life. So if that's going to be the case, then I got to work this out. I got to figure this out because I'm not going to be 
you know, miserable day to day. So what's the shortest road from being miserable to being happy again? Well, usually involves an apology, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And it usually involves repentance and, and really figuring out how can I make sure that this doesn't happen again, the best of my ability. So yeah, phase five. I love that. Good job. Thank you. I didn't you. even know that was coming. I don't. I don't look at her notes before we do these, so I get surprised. Along I the had way. to add that because that was that was what changed my life, and that's what changed your life. You know, yeah. because you know we we did all the stages. You know, but there's still some demons that you know are left behind that are in the unknown that you don't even know surface. And then you know, I don't know because. It, it, it's just hard because you and I, we went, you know, life came into the way and hit us and stresses and all this stuff. And, you know, when we talked about like the whole prenup situation and us just being unappreciative and us arguing all the time, like, you know, that was on the path to self-destruction. But we, again, we wanted to fight for each other. You know, we wanted to build again. That was a really hard time. Yeah, we wanted to build again and we built our foundation now from God. Like God is our foundation. So he is in the center of our relationship. It's like we have a relationship with three people and God is in the center of it. Well, for Enzo Enzo too. Enzo too, right. I was just going to say that. But it, it was life changing. So you can add God to whatever phase, phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. But for us, it was phase five and it was just the cherry on top. Yeah. It was like the whole Sunday. Yeah, it was It was great. And the Sunday that never ends. That's right. <laughs> Little buddy. Big buddy. Um. So yeah, that that's basically the episode. We wanted to just educate everybody on the four phases, well, five phases of a relationship. And I think this... This, again, on an intellectual level, saved our relationship because we didn't know about phase two. And phase two, again, is when a lot of people break up. So the fact that we knew about phase two, we knew like, okay, a lot of people go through this. This is a natural stage. This is common. We're not the only ones in the world. Like, you know, like, let's fight. Let's fight for each other. Let's, Let's work on it. And then- What would your advice be to somebody going through stage two right now? Oh, man. Ah, And a good advice I would give is, first of all, educate yourself as much as you can on phase two. Talk about things with your partner as much as you can. And, you know, ask each other the, ask each other the right questions if you want to make it out of phase two into phase three, because sometimes you go to phase two and you guys are bickering and fighting and maybe he's yelling and he's aggressive and he's hitting below the belt and he's being someone that you can't really see yourself with, then you can leave, you know? So I would say work on communication styles on phase two, you know, Mike and I, we didn't know about our communication styles. We kind of just yelled, screamed, shouted, you know, went back in circles like three, four times a day, wasted days, like went on boat rides, wasted boat rides. Like we, we did not know anything about communication styles. We lacked that until we made it to phase three where we talked about it. But when you're in phase two and you're going through phase two, I think it's a good time to sit with your partner and just be like, Hey, this is I know we're going through like a stage right now where we're fighting and we're bickering right now, but I want to make it to stage three with you if you want to make it to stage three and be like, but let's communicate properly. Let's be a team right now. Let's figure this out together because I don't want to criticize you. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to yell at you. I don't want to scream at you. I don't want you to look at me a different way. So how do we, 
how do we make phase two the most healthiest phase that we can get out from? You know? Yeah. That That's what I would do. And I wouldn't just obviously, I wouldn't just educate myself. Right when I found out about, you know, the stages of a relationship, Mike was the first one I talked to right in the morning. I'm like, hey, 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 like, this is what's going on. Like, you know, this is where we're going through. We need to do this and we need to do this and we need to do this. So he was also educated. And that's when we brought in that book called Relationship Anxiety, you know, because this is also the, a good time where you learn each other's like love languages and, you know, different needs and different wants. So we introduced Relationship Anxiety, the book, and that also really helped us as well because we figured out also each other's attachment styles, even though we were in the same one. But we wanted, we really educated ourselves to make it out of phase two into phase three. And that's when I also stepped into my femininity and Mike was more in his masculine because of that. So that's, my, that's advice, right? That's great advice. Okay. My advice for somebody in uh, phase two would be to, for a guy is to stick up for yourself because Whatever you do not, like everything is worth fighting for that really means something to you. Like that's why phase two is so important to relationship because you have to set those boundaries. And this is important for women to hear as well. Like you have to set those boundaries. You have to know what you're willing to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with. And you have to make it clear during phase two. Because if you don't, you're going to be miserable. And, And you might just give up on that point that really matters to you, but then you're just going to be miserable for the rest of the relationship. Is that phase three or phase two? Phase two is when you're fighting a lot. And then phase three is when you're but, reaching but, the point but, but, of just... But, yeah, but they kind of go hand in hand because mm-hmm. phase three, yes. So maybe it's phase three. I'm bringing up my, my, my yeah. you know, whatever... Your expectations. My expectation or my, my, you know, whatever, but it's going to lead back to phase two. Yes. And I would know it going in. I'd be like in the back of my head, I'd be like, I know this is going to cause a fight, but this matters to me. Yes. This really, this point right here, this is disrespect. I'm not going to put up with this again. Like I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And then I would be like, Hey, you know, this, this, and this made me feel this way. And you'd be like, what? And then it would be like back, back and forth, back two. and forth, yeah. back to phase two. But it's really important that you don't try to just skip past step two as quick as possible because you're like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want conflict. I don't want confrontation. Mm -hmm. Whenever I hear a couple that says they don't fight, I'm like, yo, someone's really unhappy because somebody during phase two did not stick up for themselves and they're letting the other person walk all over them. And they've somehow convinced themselves that they're actually happy, but they're miserable. So my, my advice is stick up for yourself in a respectful way. Make sure you clear those, set those clear boundaries on what you are and are not willing to put up with and figure it out together. You might have to compromise. You might have to go somewhere halfway, you know, that there's certain things, but your deal breakers, you got to put your foot down Mm -hmm. like, Hey, because ultimately you're going to just save yourself a lot of headache and a lot of problems later on when, you know, uh, if you stay and then that just is a repeating issue over and over and over. Well, I know a lot of women though, like. A lot of women, they go through their honeymoon phase, however long it lasts, and then the dude changes it. The dude changes. And then they go to stage two and they kind of don't make it out of stage two because it turns into a toxic relationship. And the woman stays because she has this image of who he was in the honeymoon stage and she tries to get him back uh, to that. Yeah. And this is why knowing the stages is so important because if you are in a never ending stage two and you don't make it to stage three, 
you are in a toxic relationship if you're going back to stage two, stage three, stage two, stage three. And as women, I was guilty of this. You can't picture and you can't change somebody A, that does not want to be changed. If you guys constantly go back and forth over the same thing and they're not changing. And B, you have to stop thinking about who this guy could be for you in the future or who he was in the past. Because I know a lot of women were like, but he wasn't like this before. And maybe if I do all these things for him, I'm going to get him back to this place and all that stuff. But he's doing this to me and he's doing that to me. And I'm like, yo, girl take a snapshot and look who he is right now. You know, if you're miserable, if you're constantly fighting, if you're constantly asking for certain things and your boundaries are not being, your expectations are not being met and your boundaries are all the time being crossed, that's when you are not compatible. That's where you have to put your foot down and realize, you know what? Maybe I can't make it out of stage two with this person. Maybe I can't make it out of stage three with this person. So maybe I can't go to stage four with this person, you know, because he's not letting you. But it's important that you get good advice from mm -hmm. people that love you that are in healthy relationships. It's the only person you should be asking advice for. And God. Yeah, and God. (laughs) Yeah, good point. God or somebody in your your life that's in a, a healthy, happy relationship that genuinely cares about you because... You start asking your single girlfriends during phase two, they're going to all tell you, get out, get out. He's toxic. He's toxic. And they don't know the full story. He might not be toxic because somebody could have looked at a snapshot of who I was during phase two and not seen a very, uh, a great guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but you kept it to yourself. You didn't go out and get that, you know, third party, you, you, you know, advice. You actually went and researched and did all, read your own books. And we really talked it out between the two of us, mm-hmm. but cause it wasn't to that point where it was not salvageable, like yeah. where it was so toxic. It was like, okay. Well, that's what happened. Like with my friends, like she always went to her friends, you know, shout out. I know, you know, I know she knows who I'm going to be talking about, but she went to all her single friends that wanted to see her single. And she would always complain about her boyfriend about, oh, he's not doing this and he's not doing that. And then she would always complain to her girlfriends and the girlfriend would be like, well, you're so much better than that. You don't need him. You can leave him. But in reality, she was the problem, you know, and your girlfriends are not going to see that because they just, you know, they love you. They have your best interest, but they're not going to tell you like, hey, maybe you're the problem. Like maybe you need to change in order for him to be this way. I'm not talking about if he's an abuser or if you're crying waterworks every single night or something's bad happening. But these were like minor inconveniences of like, oh, he just he wants to sit at home and play video games all day. You know, it's like, well, why? You know, like what, what is the reason? Why does he want to do that? Why does he show more interest to his boys than he does with you? Maybe you need to tweak something up. Are you nagging him? Are you mothering him? Are you constantly telling him to do stuff? You know, like what's your relationship like with him? So it goes so much deeper than that. And I feel like real friends would be like, okay, well not to blame you, but what are you doing? You Mm, know, what's going on? Like, are you holding your end of the bargain, you know? Are you holding your expectations, you know? Are you meeting his needs just as much as you want him to meet your needs? And I feel like a lot of women, we can get selfish in that way, you know, where it's just like, well, I need him to do X, Y, and Z, and we have a long list of of what we need, but we don't even think to imagine what does the man need from us in order for him to give us what we need, you know? So it's it's like a whole thing because you guys are once I understood you and once I you know dissected a man like Mike finds books all over the house 
And last time he found a book, he's like, yo, you're getting too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> so once I understood how men think, you guys are so interesting. Like you guys are so easy yet complicated, of course, but just like so interesting. And the things that I, trust me, there's times I want to get mad. There's so, so many times I want to get mad. And what brings me back to life is A, he's a man of God and B, hey, Angelica, he's not a woman, you know, he's different, he's different, he's different. And that's what kind of brings me back because there's some situations where I want you to respond the way a woman would respond. And what brings me back to life is like, hey, he's not a mind reader and he's not, he doesn't think like a woman, he thinks like a man. Mm. And it obviously it hurts, it really, really hurts because I want the, I want this like never ending like compassion into like the next level. But a man can only give you so much compassion because that's what he knows about, you know? So there's like, just like times where I'm just like, oh, where I'm getting like emotional or it's like my time of month where it's like, oh, I wish he did this or I wish he said this to me and all that stuff. But I'm just like, yo, he's a dude, you know? I, I can't expect him to nurture me and care for me at a, like a level that a woman would, you know? So yeah, it, it's it's super interesting, you know, you know, doing things differently and then watching your man kind of reciprocate in a positive way is so powerful. Like one thing that you really changed uh, when you started reading those books, I guess during phase three, phase four, when you started really getting into the learning about a man was knowing that I am only able to focus on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So you used to walk into the office room when I'd be in the middle of writing an email or right in between meetings or whatever, and you'd want my attention. So you'd start talking to me, this, this, and that, and I wouldn't even look at you because I'd be deep in focus. Mm -hmm. And if I look away, it's going to take me time. And every guy that's listening to this understands, like when you're in the middle of something, it's really hard, especially if it's something like intellectually challenging. And I'm in the middle of a train, a process of thought, and then you come in and it's just like, I have two options. I can either ignore you and get done what I'm going to get done, or I can break my train of thought and be really irritated with you mm -hmm. because I'm like, yo, what? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm like, I was trying to get this done. Like now it's going to take me a while to get myself back into that same level of focus. So you, well, first of all, you stopped interrupting me, <laughs> which I really appreciate. And then the other thing is that because I would work so many hours, I would come out. I still kind of have PTSD from this where I would come out from my office after a long day and then find you just like really bitter, mm -hmm. like just sour because I hadn't shown you attention all day. So I'd be like, hey, babe, what's up? And you'd be like, hey, I know. I'm like, oh, God, but are you OK? Fine. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, God. So now I come out of my office and I won't have seen you all day. I'll work so hard. I'll be super stressed out, dealt with people, dealt with complaints, dealt with BS all day. I'll come out into the in the family room. I'm like, hey, babe. And you're like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, oh, because I always have a little bit of that PTSD. Yeah. Like it's going to be like, hey, and I'm going to, but no, it's like nine 99% of the time. It's like, hey, how are you? What's up? What are you doing? How's, How's work? work? And I'm just like, oh, I feel so safe. I'm like so happy to be done working yeah. and hanging out with my little buddy. Which is so important. It's so important to like make sure your man after working all day comes back home to a happy and healthy environment because then he's also, he's always gonna wanna come home. Oh, I love he's, being home. Cause yeah. I, when I'm out with my boys, I'm like, after a couple hours, I'm like, okay, I wanna go home. <laughs> you know, like I, I miss you. I genuinely miss you and we're, we hang out all the time. 
But when I'm with my guy friends, I'm just like, yeah, after a few hours, like, okay, I'm ready to go home now mm-hmm. because I got a great girl at home. Yeah. Like I'm going to have food. I'm at back rubs. You know, we're going to have cuddles. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to have good conversations. We're going to hang out with Enzo. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's, it's ever it's I, I have a house full of love it's and it's not, easy i love it thank you and it's not i something, love you you're so pretty you. thank you <laughs> and it's not something that like you run away from you your, know your soul's pretty too thank you but it's not something that you run away from you know and, and that's super important and i feel like a lot of men when they don't like to be at home they run away you know oh for sure they, I, I know guys like that for sure they don't want to be at home they always want to hang out with their friends they want to go to the bar they want to go to the club they want to do everything but be at home because their home is miserable yeah yeah and no no, nothing's perfect you know like no days are perfect but um yeah i mean like no no situation's perfect but tell you what i got pretty much as damn close to it as you can get (laughs) because you've done your research you understand me you you get me and like after you read all these books my life just got so much easier yeah so much easier i didn't have to do anything you just started reading all these books and like figuring me out and understanding and it was just like all of a sudden, like, you know. But guess what? Me doing that made my life easier. Oh, I bet. You know, well, like. we just fight way less. And you're not in dark holes. I don't find you in a dark. We call dark holes like when uh, Ange would be, you know, I'd find her and she would just be in her head. You yeah, know? I'd and just, just be like overthinking. Depressed, overthinking. And I, we would call that she would be in a dark hole. I used to find her in dark holes like a few, at least a few times a week. It, for a while there was every day i know but now, it was also very different because i kind of just like gave up my life in toronto and came here i had no friends there was I had that no part family. of it there was that part of it too that added on but there was also a certain level of it that was going on regardless but you also have to understand too that was definitely that was during my masculine phase too for sure that was so, more of like exactly. i needed were, to be doing something i right. needed to work so, i needed to like exactly. i was just very focus driven mission driven i was like you know i was working i was making money i was doing all this stuff and now it's like hey the rules have changed and i always wanted traditional values yeah but but the point is is that you're never in them anymore mm -hmm. barely ever god and even (laughs) when you do get them and you're so you're out of them so fast and it's just it's so nice (laughs) gotta just tell you my life is so much easier but you know what i that's but but that's about like keeping a man i don't want to go anywhere because you're so easy mm-hmm. to hang out with and you're so, you know, you just, you're great. It's just, it makes it like, that's so important for a woman to learn how a man thinks and really read these books you've read and learn how to become feminine. I mean, this stuff really, really works. It does work. Cause I, you know, like you I, know what, what I, I'm not just like a normal dude. Like I, 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 I bring a lot to the table yeah. and I'm a young guy and I could have anybody I wanted and I'm, I'm, and, and the reason I say that is because I was the guy that was single going from all the girls to girls and like a, a guy that girls wanted to lock down, but I never could be. And when I met you, it's just like, you know, you, you kept me because of all the research you did. You you did a ninja mind trick and now it's like, I don't want to go anywhere. Like I'm, I love it here. Like, you know what I'm saying? I like, love I, I love hanging out here. I don't want to go anywhere. Like, where am I going to go? Yeah. I'm so happy here. Love you. Yeah, but I love you too. But it's just like, it's just, that's why you ladies are listening to this. Like, you, you find a good man and then you keep a good man by being like Anch. <laughs> For real. For real. 
Thank you. No, I'm uh, serious. Well, I that's the whole point of this podcast is to just educate because the, everything that I talk about in this podcast is everything that I learned. You know, we're not just like making things up here and I'm not just like researching to see what sticks. Like, you know, I, I, I lived this. This is, this is the stages that I went through. Like, this is what helped me become who I am. This is what helped our relationship. And I was going back to like, Mike is saying that his life became easier, but my life became 10 times easier. Like, you know, like giving the respect to Mike got me the love that I really needed, you know, got Mike to just like, you know, they call this like the celestial love where it's like unconditional love from a man. And that's, that's the point that every woman wants to get to with her man is the unconditional love. It's like, you know, there's this thing from Alison Armstrong where she calls it frog farming, you know? And it's like, every man has a prince in him, a prince charming in him. He, they have that effect. Are you the woman that turns, you know, that gets a man and turns him into a frog? Or are you the woman that turns a man into a prince? And for a while, I was turning Mike into a frog, you know? Like, he wasn't reaching his potential as a man he didn't want to do things for me like we fought all the time like you know it, it was it was it was hard to talk to him and I was always complaining and I was telling he's the problem he's the problem and then once I stepped into my feminine energy and once I realized no I'm the problem and once I started doing the research and understanding men I started doing the tweaks and I turned Mike in my way like into like a prince like I brought that prince charming qualities out of him because he had it in him but he didn't want to really do it for me you know in the beginning because I, I didn't give him the love the respect the validation that a man, the appreciation that a man needed I only focused on my needs and my wants so when a woman shifts her brain and it's like okay let me give a man what he needs because then in return he's gonna move literally like He's going to part the Red Sea. No, I'm joking. He's going to move mountains for me. And my life became a lot easier. You know, having Mike as like someone, of course, I trust and to be the spiritual leader and just emotionally guide me and all that stuff, knowing that I don't have to make a decision. Like I don't have to make these like really life-changing decisions. Like Mike does that and I trust him with that and not, not carrying the weight on my shoulders. Like it's it's so much life became a lot easier doing that so yeah femininity and masculinity life-changing hey. god life-changing stages of relationship phase one phase two phase three phase four. <laughs> but you know what there's so many things that go into a relationship you know it's not you don't just go into a relationship and things are unicorns and rainbows there's a lot well, of they work. start out that way yeah but there's a lot of work it's a full-time job to be in a successful thriving relationship you put in the work every single day and when someone doesn't want to put in the work you obviously, you know, you lift them back up, but it's like every single day is work. You're always getting to know each other. There's always going to be circumstances. There's always going to be changes. There's always going to be building again. Like, you know, so it's so important to know that just because you guys are going through a season of fighting or going through whatever circumstances or situations you're going through, that doesn't mean, you know, you guys shouldn't be together. You know, everybody, every couple goes through that, but it just takes a lot of work and I love it because it, it's great. You know, I love working on myself. I feel, 
I feel more, I glow from the inside outside. You know, it's not just a pretty face. It's like, I'm now working on my soul. It's a pretty soul. Thank you. Yours too. Thanks. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. We hope it really helps you guys in whatever stage you're going through. And yeah, till next week for our final episode for season one. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bring Back Femininity podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and follow. And if you want more people part of this femininity journey, please share. You never know who needs to hear it. Stay tuned every Monday for a new episode. Till next time.